It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans. And this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar today, we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, which is a couple of blocks down from Napoleon Avenue in uptown New Orleans where they have a four-hour happy hour here every day with half-price bar food and half-price drinks. That's every day, every single day. And a, also they have a, um, a brunch on the weekends, which I believe is technically Saturday and Sunday. Happy Hour is brought to us today by Door Furniture for the last 80 years. Door Furniture has been serving retail customers throughout the greater New Orleans area from its home base on Elysian Fields in the Marigny, as well as finest quality furniture from brands like Stickley and Century and Flex Steel. Doors designers can go to your house and customize pieces for your home from slipcover sofas to dining room tables. If you're on the North Shore, Door recently opened a second location in Covington. And Door is as New Orleans as it gets, by the way, in case you're wondering about that. Thanks also to Strategic Resumes. If you want to sharpen up your resume, your LinkedIn profile or other job search skills, start at Strategic Resumes. And if you want to get away, start your search by checking in with Travel Central in Metairie. Andrew Duhon is not here today. He's on the road somewhere. If you'd like to find him, check him out at andrewduhon.com. His new album, False River, is out now. You can find it wherever you steal music from. And thanks, too, to our Patreon subscribers. If you'd like to be one of our Patreon family, go to patreon.com and search for It's New Orleans Happy Hour and for as little as a dollar a month, you too can be part of our Happy Hour family. And here is our Happy Hour family today. Josh Benitez is here. Josh, how's it going? Oh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm yeah, glad you made for, it. Thanks for having Josh me. Josh is a singer and songwriter, both. That's right. It's a tr- double threat. That's, that's right. What came first? Uh, I guess I was just really terrible at both for a long time. And how are you now out of 10? I'm all right. You know, I like to think I'm pretty good. Out of 10, like, would you paid, be a lot? I get, get paid, paid to do it, so... You get paid to sing and write songs. Yeah, so... Uh, that is impressive. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure why they do it, but, you know, that's what happens. Well, you're not sure why? Some <laughs> well, we'll try to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> Margie Green is here as well, spelled M-A-R-G-E-E. That's correct, But how yeah. do people know that it's not Margie, like I assume? Well, I've talked to people before who, like, study phonetics, and I basically said, did my mom do it right? And uh, they said that there's not really a way to spell that name the way I want it pronounced, but we yeah. got it as close as you can. Margie. So, Margie, yeah. You, what about <laughs> if you had a G, an H after the G, it would be more Yeah, obvious. that would be like a... Butter. Yeah, there would it, that would actually mar in I, in Hindi. Please, God, no one correct me. Um, just let it go. Nobody if would I'm because wrong, no one on I the think, internet tries to correct anyone. Right, that's true. It's not a thing. <laughs> right, um, is that totally mar fun. means much and ghee means butter? So it more would be butter. like potentially offensive. You Why? know, um, well, I don't know that like more butter is like really a thing that I that I would like who would love be, to be who defined would be, by. <laughs> who would be offended? What could be wrong be with some more sort of like Hindi Paula Deen, um Thing. Like it's, it's very like more butter. Um, more butter. You know, it seems like a it's Paula like Dean a, catchphrase, which I don't know that I want to be associated I with. I thought it more more like a rap name, like, like little ra- oh, like Wang. Oh, more butter. Yeah, <laughs> I guess think? I can see I'm that. I'm gonna write like, it on the tablecloth right now. There's not a culture of rappers going by like more anything, but maybe it's the next wave. <laughs> Isn't there? I don't think there's Isn't a more. There mo someone or there's like little most and deaf. big. What's most deaf. Yeah. That's the that's most. It's superlative. That's different. 
It's superlative. It's not like Mo Butter. I'm writing Mo Butter down because I, <laughs> I think we could be onto something. And yep. Jacques Hebert is here as well. Jacques, how's it going? Well, I should say, by the way, Jacques, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's great to, to meet you. But first of all, I should say that Margie, you know what Margie does? Margie's like a radical f- flower farmer. Would I, that be a I fair have. description? I would love that description. Yeah, I try to be radical and then yeah. in all aspects of life, and then I'm a flower farmer. Yeah, yeah. That is amazing. Where is your flower farm, actually? I'm out in New Orleans East. Um, so out you have an actual farm yeah, that grows actual flowers. Farm. Yep, actual farm that grows flowers. That is pretty wild. Do you grow anything? Josh, do you grow weed or anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> I have a golden pothos like everyone else. A golden what? It's a plant that you basically can't kill. Is that right? That's correct. It's a plant that has, like, can live in like full darkness with no water. Yeah. For Jacques, Jacques, <laughs> in the, Jacques is in the business of agriculture, of well, horticulture, sort of as well. Sort of. Well, we, I mean, we love flowers. Obviously, they're bit. good for uh, for birds and butterflies and other wildlife. But we're really focusing on growing land in Louisiana, um, wetlands. Yeah. So. Thank you. Uh, large Thanks. scale. Stuff. <laughs> What's it called? The Restore the Mississippi River Delta Coalition. Yes, that's correct. So you get paid for that as well. We get paid to educate people about what's happening to Louisiana's coast and what needs to be done to protect as much of it as possible. So I work with Audubon, Louisiana, hence the plants and birds connection. But um, we're part of a group of a bunch of NGOs, uh, National Wildlife Federation, Environmental Defense Fund, Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation, which a lot of people know, and uh, Coalition Restore Coast of Louisiana. And we work, you know, Louisiana's losing a football field of land every 100 minutes. Is that still true? It is. It is. In fact, it used a to be... football field gets of land worse, every right? 100 minutes. It used to be an hour, or every hour, but it slowed down slightly. And the only reason is because we haven't had any major hurricanes. But anytime we have a hurricane, it could accelerate so tremendously. So we've gone from a football field every hour now to a football field every 90 minutes. 100, 100. Yeah. 100 sorry. An hour and 100. 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's almost twice the length of time it took mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's great. What are we trying to get it down to? A football field well, every <laughs> yeah, three I hours? Mean, <laughs> ideally, we just need to put more land on the map, right? And uh, try to protect what we have, which is going to be challenging. You know, again, hurricanes... Our land sinking, as anyone that drives around New Orleans knows. Um, we have sea level rise to deal with. So, um, you know, our groups work a lot with state agencies, federal agencies, local governments, um, and or com- corporations to try to get large-scale uh, coastal restoration projects on the map. And there have been a lot that have been advanced. So the state's rebuilt its barrier islands in some places. It's done marsh creation, which is essentially pumping sediment into marshes to rebuild them. And is um, this working, this stuff? Are we growing? Are we actually making more land? If you look at the map, because mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the map, it used to be like this sort of the L shape. Mm-hmm. And now it's all sort of being eaten away. Every time you look <laughs> at it, it looks like there's less of it there. Are we actually making a difference with these projects? Absolutely. I mean, uh, there's I no... I know you have to say that, well, no, there's but no, are we really? There's no uh, doubt that you know we're kind of in this really precarious situation. But we like to take people out on planes and flyovers and so that they can see themselves like, hey, here's an area that is severely degraded. Um, a lot of areas around New Orleans, unfortunately, are uh, and heading out into Nor- New Orleans East and, right. you know, Bayou Bienvenue, Wetland Triangle and those areas. Um, but then here are some areas that have been restored. And so we need more of this, right? Um, we have a lot of constraints, time, funding. Right. But uh, are we fighting know? a losing? I'm not trying to be defeatist about mm-hmm. this and say give up or anything, but... Are we fighting a losing battle and maybe we should come up with some other plan, like learn to live, like they say, learn to live with the water and build around it? So we have to do all those things, right? I mean, we have to, um, you know, within New Orleans, we're protected by levees, but levees aren't going to protect us enough. As we've seen with Hurricane Katrina, they're the last line of defense. And we need our coastal wetlands as the first lines of defense. So we need that. We need to consider 
where can homes be elevated? You know, how can we better integrate water management practices within the confines of our suppo- city? So it's Jacques, suppose we just quit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you wouldn't have to quit because you're the, communica- you're the communications director, right? I am, yes. So you just have to come up with a way to sell this, this idea. This is my idea. <laughs> what if we just quit doing all this and we just moved everything back? I mean, it's not going to erode everything right back to you know, Colorado, is it? Well, We've got to stop somewhere. There's a lot of stuff here, right? And so this show, we're celebrating, you know, the culture and the people of New Orleans and, and, and coastal Louisiana, because it's not just New Orleans, of course. Um, there's a lot of infrastructure. The, there's the ports. And, you know, you know, we, the nation can't just give up, right? We but can't just give up. But what if we did, though? Well, How what's far- that? There's yeah. that silly, like, I'm going to say it wrong. There's that, like, silly Tennessee Williams quote or mm-hmm. whatever that's like, I don't, you know, I think it's quite cheesy, but it's something along the lines of like, uh, there's New Orleans and Los Angeles mm-hmm. or New York or San something. Francisco. San everything Francisco else is and everything just else is just, you know, whoever I'm going to offend. What it's is like that Oklahoma saying? or Cleveland. something. Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. No. yeah, you know, I'm butchering it. But but basically, right, Zero like if we, yeah, right, if we give up, then we just, we, mm-hmm. like it'll come, there will be a point where we stop losing land, but right. th- then we lost and the point New I mean, Orleans. What is that <laughs> going to be though? The state Seriously. is, has a coastal master plan that's, based in science, it's leading science, better than anywhere else in the country, potentially the world. You have people that are coming here from other parts of the world, and yes, of course, we hear about the Netherlands, and there are folks who do a lot of collaboration with the Netherlands in terms of how they've managed water, but people are looking at Louisiana and the work that we're doing here, and the thing is, Louisiana has the Mississippi River, 100 million tons of sediment come down the river every year. Other places along the coast don't have that. I mean, Miami doesn't have that, you know? Um, and so someone who's much, much more intelligent than me and who has been covering this issue for decades, Mark Schlefstein at the Times-Picayune, has said that New Orleans was founded because it is, was the most defensible place closest to the mouth of the river, and it still is the most defensible place closest to the mouth of the river. And so, no, we can't you know, just save everything. Yes, the challenges are, are, are dire, but if we act now and we let science lead the way and get these projects, some of which have already you know, come online, if we continue to build those projects, we can kind of manage and seek to maintain as much as we can. And I don't okay, know anyone that lives... Is anyone ready to give up on New Orleans? I don't... I don't no, but would we are, have to? There though? are just certain institutions within it I'm ready to give up on, <laughs> but not the Surgeon city. Surgeon Waterboard, I could yeah, give up right? on that. Like I, can, I could rattle off a list of enemies. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Who would you like to get rid of first? Oh, God. I don't even know. What would I like to get rid of first? Seriously, Probably. if you could get rid of anything in New Orleans, what would it be first? I would say Surgeon Waterboard is top of the list. I would say like... Some like some some people at Sewage and Waterboard probably Actual we people. need a sewage and waterboard. Okay, that's a good point. Right? Yeah, Josh, like, who would so you get rid of? House. Who would I get rid of? Yeah, and you want to get rid of one institution. One institution? Well, you could get you could say person, but then you could be sued for saying that. So be careful. <laughs> yeah, I, I well, <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't want anything to happen. Ooh, what about those creepy cop cameras? The creepy cop cameras. But eh, those you know, it's a pretty s- weird situation. Mm. A lot of things are, are weird out there. I, would I say I, I wouldn't? I wouldn't like outright get rid of any institution except for maybe a for-profit prison system. That'd be nice. There's get one. Rid of that. Okay, the for-profit <laughs> prison cool. system. No longer monetizing the the Im- imprisonment of people is would be my number one. Is that? Do we have much of that in Louisiana? Do you know? Yeah. That? Oh yeah, we do. Oh yeah. Are you involved in that? Something to do with it? No, uh, directly, not. No. Or even indirectly. How do you know about it? I don't know anything about it. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I, I guess uh, I have a lot of friends who are highly politically active, and I support them, and I go to events that they support. And, uh, yeah, we have, a, like, I want to say the second highest incarceration rate 
It used to be number yeah, one. Yeah, we were we it's, were the worst. Not, I think I we've kicked out a lot of people, oh, and that would have been we just two. we just went yeah. down to 49th highest incarceration oh. rate. Well, Woo. in the in the, mean the number one around. in yeah. the world, you know, the yeah, number yeah. one is number two state and the number right, one country. Yeah, so when I say like, uh, we, we were the worst yeah. for incarceration, and now we're the second, second worst. I think because we I think we let out a whole bunch of people for crimes that were nonviolent, like pot crimes or something. I don't I don't know. And that made what? Oklahoma, I think, number one now. Is that right, Maggie? See, I mean, you want me to keep ragging on Oklahoma is what's happening. <laughs> no. I Why are you down on Oklahoma? I'm not down on Oklahoma. Okay. I've actually never been to Oklahoma, so it would be unfair for me. Never been there. I think I've been through a corner, like a literal corner of it on a road trip. I know nothing about Oklahoma, though. Have you so ever been there, Jacques? I've driven through Nebraska, which, you know, it's not <laughs> no <laughs> Oklahoma, like, like, but it was. Like, I remember Oklahoma. it being a long drive. Yeah, <laughs> right. I have not, no. So you were... Originally, you're from here, right? You're from Braithwaite, Louisiana. Yeah, a lot of people don't know where that is, but it's where uh, is it? It's, by it's Baton Rouge uh, the very no, no. Uh, it's Nowhere. actually uh, south of New Orleans, so it's in oh. Plaquemines Parish, the it's very northern part of Plaquemines, East Bank, wow. not West Bank. Yeah. Okay, I uh, I so actually lived in Plaquemines for a little bit. Where? I don't, Bel Bel Chase. Bel Chase. Okay, yeah. that's fine. No, we were no, we were across the river from. It's Bel not Chase. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Good good citrus though, right? About to say, you guys hold down the citrus. Oh, Plaquemines yeah. holds down the they citrus. They held down the citrus while I was there, yes. <laughs> but that's like. What were you doing there? Is it cheap or something? No, man. My mom moved over there. My dad lives in, uh, over in, like in uh, St. Claude, but my mom moved over to Plaquemines. So Is your dad a hipster or was he there, <laughs> was he there from the get go? My aunt, my, my great aunt was there. She's been there for 70 years. Yeah. She was ahead of the curve there, right? Uh, yeah. Well, from Honduras, you know, she just she oh, she's ahead, from Honduras. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and the, where's your other family from? My grandfather on my dad's side is from Cuba, and my grandmother is also from Honduras. Okay, yeah. so you really, from you speak Spanish? Not anymore. That's a shame. Not anymore because yeah. Jacques speaks perfect Spanish, don't you? I speak Spanish. I don't speak French, which a lot of people. <laughs> I uh, speak, you I speak should some speak French, French because you know Jacques. Uh, yeah. You right. greeted me uh, in French, which I, I sadly could <laughs> so not. So you're respond. the Frenchman who doesn't. I speak, who speak Spanish. Spanish. I'm the Spanish guy who speaks uh, French. Yeah. Awesome. I My mom it. was from Guatemala, so I have family. <laughs> in Guatemala, très bien. Très très bien. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say. Josh, you speak perfect French. No, no, not perfect French, but, but I speak more French than Spanish. Yeah. How'd that happen? Because I spent some time in France. You did? Yeah, playing. What were you doing? Playing music? I was doing, you know, <laughs> I actually dropped out of UNO uh, after getting into a uh, disagreement with uh, the director of the uh, uh, classical program, and he said, sometimes you have to choose between music and music school. Wow. And I was like, all right. So I took my... That's a weird saying. <laughs> yeah, right there. So then I, it sounds so then like something from a movie. There's something yeah. seen in a movie doesn't and then it? you went to France. So did he yeah, say I did. son after that? And so I was like, all right, well, okay. It was like you're Mr. Holland. Yeah, so I just took yeah. all, all the money that I had, which was not very much, and I went to Paris for, uh, for a month. And then I've gone twice since then. So did you choose music over music school is what you're yeah, saying, obviously. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Did you ever go back to music school? Nope. And you're still playing music. That's so right. joke's on him. Then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so pick up that guitar and play something right, right now. Right now? Uh, yes. All right. What are you what are you <clears throat> doing musically these days? Yes. <laughs> what are you because I've got this I've got this bio here that says that you're a rock and roller with an affinity for funk blues and psychedelic oh, yeah, trips to outer that. space. Dang, I forgot. I wrote that when I was in college still. Okay. I forgot How about that. How long ago one. was that? That was for the one year that you were still in college. Um what's up? 
Is that the one year you were in college when you wrote this? Oh, I actually graduated from Delgado with a degree in jazz performance. Okay. And so I also graduated from Delgado with a degree in certificate of tech, or rather a certificate in technical studies of business entrepreneurship. That's right. Oh, well, that's a pretty handy combo these days because you're going to actually make some music uh, money in the music business. Yeah, right? Yeah, that would be good. Actually, Have you figured out how to do that? Because that would be very helpful information if you could share that. Yes and no. It's yes and no. It's You can't... Well, the no bit we've got down, because everyone else says they can't make any money in the music business. What's the yes? They're, they're, the, <laughs> well, it's a, music is a feast or famine sort of thing. and So you'll get a wave of shows, gigs, performances, tours, and it'll be great and fantastic. And then if you don't continually book, then uh, that wave passes you by and you have like a lull period. So you're doing all the business, your own business. You do, I am. You mm-hmm. book everything and... Mm-hmm. All of it. Okay. All and tune your own guitar. You don't have the thing, I see. <laughs> a tuner? You're, yeah, you're one of the few people who's come on the show doesn't have that little... You have to actually do it by ear. Like an actual musician. <laughs> very unusual. Uh, you know, actually, my tuner just ran out of battery, so I'm just lazy, <laughs> really. You know, okay. Don't give me any credit for that. All right, what are you going to play? Uh, actually, <laughs> I still need to... That does sound out of tune, actually. Yeah, yeah this one. It's the G string. It's always like that. Oh. Well, I'm also tuning through okay. these headphones. Is that worse? You can take them off. We can, we can talk among ourselves for a minute if you want. Close enough. What do you think? I Are you know musically what? inclined, I'm not, Maggie? I'm not musically inclined. Jacques, you come from a musical family with the name like Jacques Abia. Surely I someone plays the accordion. Musicians in my family, like but I, I never came. Yeah, exactly. Never rubbed off on me, unfortunately. I had some singers in my family. Are they like, is it a whole Cajun family? Uh, well, we're kind of, I'm, I'm uh, all kinds of stuff. So uh, my mother was born in Guatemala. So oh, cool. okay. the, the Louisiana family, um, half of it is from Plaquemines Parish. So they're kind of French Creole. And then my grandfather was from Homa. So they're Cajun. So it's hmm. the French Creole and the Cajun and the Guatemalan. Well, that's a good combo. So, What's yeah. the food like over at your place? Then? Oh, I mean, all kinds of things. A lot of, a lot of like, uh, we'd have like a lot of soups and stews and like kind of your <laughs> classic. But then... With the Guatemala, we'd get like you know, uh, meatball soup, oyster artichoke soup, just all, all of that good do stuff. Do you cook? I do, but for me, it's a process. So I, you know, <laughs> I'm not cooking every night, you know. But I, when I cook, I really like to take my time with it, and and I like to, I've started pickling things more, Pickle. like okra, and yeah. But do I love uh, December because that's the best time for like oysters preserves. and right. sort of preserves. Yeah. 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 You don't pickle oysters, do you? No. <laughs> Although I love pickled, sh- pickled shrimp. I've had pickled shrimp before. Which pickled is shrimp. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. That sounds pickled weird. Seafood. Can you pickle oysters? You probably. I guess could, you can but pickle they would anything. Break yeah. Down, there would be. You know, they already have a texture to begin with. I think it'd be. That would be pretty gross. Yeah. Sort rock. of sounds like when you're like in a lab or something, and they have animals in formaldehyde. Right. I yeah. Feel like that's yeah, what pickled, pickled shrimp would be like. Yeah, like a full <laughs> snake. <laughs> You don't need that science class. You know, I yeah. should just write a song about that, you know? Do you have a song about snakes? Hit it. No, no, I'm just... We can do it now. It. Okay, everyone Give me can a, Let the line. alcohol kick in real quick before I start making songs about pickled shrimp. Pickled shrimp. <laughs> pickled shrimp and pickled oysters. That could be a good opening line. Is it in tune, do you think? Uh, Close enough for rock and roll? <laughs> I think so it's all right. I'll, I'll read you another sentence from your bio that you write when you're in college. It says... That you attended various schools throughout adolescence, which is standard, I suppose. Did you get kicked out of schools? No, no, you no. You just decided to My move. My mom moved a bunch. She did? Okay. A lot. 
And it says Joshua always had an affinity for being melancholy, self-defeating, and angst-ridden. Did I say that? That's what it says right there. Did you write that? This is a Man, bio that, that was a written long in college. Time ago. That bio yeah, was, wow. checks out. That bio was 100% yes. written in college. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you think everyone felt like that? In I think everyone Past felt like me. that in college. What? Man, so sad. I, I would not maybe, like that anymore. I would ask, was it maybe written senior year of high school, actually? Uh, no, no. No, definitely like, but this is, bef- this is when I was still in Delgado, for sure. Well, have you moved on from melancholy? Yeah, so we'll yeah. cross that out. Not melancholy. N- now pass for being happy. Okay, what about self-defeating? Nope. Yeah, you over cross that. that out. Yeah. So how did you get out of being self-defeating? Because that would be a tough one to beat if you were I hadn't gone to Europe yet. You yeah. hadn't gone to Europe. Yeah. So going to Europe helped you overcome your self-defeating tendencies. Yeah. What do you think was that? Because nobody knew you? No, actually. All right. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you guys. Um, there's really no way to say it except for that, like... I never really thought I would go anywhere. I really kind of firmly believed that I wouldn't make it out of New Orleans. Right. I saw a lot of violence going up. saw a lot of really scary things. In your home or on the street? On the street, yeah. And uh, so I was like, I don't know. Like, I just was... You thought you were going to be killed before you got anywhere? Yeah, man. Are you serious? You really grew up thinking you were going to be killed before you got amounted to anything? Yes. Where was this? What neighborhood were you in? Well, uh, a lot of different neighborhoods, yeah. Shit, I've lived in quite a few neighborhoods all over the world. I've never thought that. Have you guys? Well, you weren't thought? a kid. No, but I feel no. very you know, privileged to have never thought I was. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Jack, I, did I you believe ever you. think you were going to be killed before you. No, I mean, I same thing. I grew up in Plaquemines Parish, a lot of nature, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. where were you living in the city in New which, Orleans? Which, which, oh, just I, like I said, I've moved all over the city. I'm not going to like right. say which part. But, all, but in every place you lived, you weren't. No, 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 no. I just like if you have, I mean, there's no way to say it. I mean, if you ever see a shooting, yeah. especially if you're a kid, right. it like really messes with you. Man. You can't, yeah. can, you can't, you can't quantify whether or not you're in threat or not. Yeah, when yeah, you're exactly. A child. Exactly, I mean, it you just know, when, messes with you. Exactly. You know yeah. Yeah, or like, I think probably the craziest thing that ever happened uh, was like I was at an arcade once, and these guys robbed the arcade for like buckets of quarters. <laughs> I'm serious. I swear yes, to you. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I was like ten. And like, you know, so stuff like that, you know, just like, it's not like no one got hurt, nothing crazy, nothing crazy. Right. Necessarily. Like it wasn't like. But you did also didn't think, well, this would be cool. I could join the guys. Yeah. Yeah. It freaked me out. You know, it freaked me out. So. So that's pretty amazing. So then you went to Paris. That's right. And that's what turned you around. Oh man. I love. Oh God. I love that. Okay. So self-defeating. Every single day. uh, Yeah. Before Paris, I was like pretty moderate about everything. Uh, I didn't drink too much. I didn't smoke too much. Uh, I was pretty chill. And then I just went and I drank and I smoked every single day, several times a day, all, just all day. You're from New Orleans and you were moderate about drinking and smoking and yep. you had to go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's You know people come here for that, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, well, when I came back, I was like, well, actually, there's an experience that I had over there. Um, and it was probably the best experience I've ever had. Where Apart from being here right now. <laughs> yeah, right. This is so amazing. Yeah. If I could trade, if I could trade Paris for this, to, just to do this again. Okay. What was um, the best experience you ever had? Yeah. Well, it was like this really great moment because, like, uh, I was in Paris, having the time of my life. And I was walking down the street at like three in the morning, uh, not worrying about getting shot because there's no guns there. And um, and I was like having the time of my life. But then I was like, something is really missing. So I'm like wandering and wandering and wandering, and I can't find whatever it is I'm looking for. And I realize 
when I was like turning down the street, uh, that it was like I was looking for a brass band, like music. Wow. And there's yeah. not, there's no brass bands there. There's like no second line. There's no marching. There's no like community like that. Uh, and it's a beautiful, wonderful, amazing place. And I have considered living there, but the reason I haven't moved away from New Orleans is the the culture here, okay. uh, which I wouldn't trade for anything. And so that was like the whole big moment for That me. was an epiphany. Oh, I thought you were going to say a brass band came down the street. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that Weren't be so you waiting for that, Margie? Right yeah, I, yeah, I was kind of waiting for that. Yeah, yeah. well, it didn't happen, and that's um, why I came back. Right. Uh, I actually got, okay. I actually, uh, someone asked, someone offered me an opportunity to stay in Paris to play music, and I didn't have to come back. Uh, wow. But that's uh, one of the big reasons I decided to return. Wow. Yeah. And was it a good decision? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, you can't put it off any longer. Let's have a listen to something. Oh, th- well, I'm going to play something completely different. I'm going to play a, a pop song for you guys okay. that I wrote. All right. I wrote, I wrote this song just to prove that I could write a pop song. What's it called? It's called Sailing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been sailing, for the record, but it's, it's a like, little pretty song. So sailing along, going nowhere fast, you're such a rush just to hurry up and to wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. So don't let. The sun set on a lonely night, so don't oh you let oh the sun set on a lonely, lonely ride. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got a tear in yourself, but no one is still while you patch it. A hole in your hole, but only eight fingers unto the arms. Platinum all So don't let the sun set on a lonely night So don't you let the sun set on a lonely, lonely bride <laughs> So what bright is part of the ocean, man? Sky, you in such a rut, man. Ever think I just wanted your hand? Ever think that golden ship passing you by has got love on the side, but you got too much pride? I said, Don't you light the sunset on a lonely night? So don't you light the sunset on a lonely, lonely ride? Don't you let the sun set on a lonely ride. Yeah. I love that. Wow. Thank How you. about that? That's great. It's That's shocking, awesome. isn't it? It's shocking. It's, that you, it's shocking. Do that with that. Incredible that you can be talking to this guy and you're sitting here like a normal person and then suddenly you can actually pull that off. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You've got a beautiful vo- you got a beautiful voice. What? Really? Yeah. You want to know something else? Mm-hmm. The first show I ever played, this guy came up to me, right? 
uh, he's like, who played guitar? And I was like, me. And at the time, I was like, way crazy into Hendrix. So I did all the stops. Like, I was just a teenager. I was playing with my teeth and under my leg and all this craziness. And he's like, you are awesome. You're so amazing. And I was like, thanks. And he's like, who is the singer? Uh, and I was like, why? And it was me, but he didn't know that. And he's like, well, you just between me and you? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you should tell him to give up. <laughs> and I was like, really? He said, yeah, he was horrible. He was terrible. And I was like, that bad? And he's like, yeah. I was the singer. And he looked me in the eyes. He's like, sorry, man. Well, who is this guy? I don't know. Is he the same guy that told you to choose between music and music school? You know, maybe it is. <laughs> that was yeah. like him Seems later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've got a beautiful voice. You sound a Thank bit like you. sort of yeah. sort of a bit like Van Morrison's. Okay, sort cool. Whatever. Wouldn't you think? I've gotten all kinds of comparisons, you know. What whatever. Do people it, say? What do people say? Oh, man. People are like, you sound just like Eric Clapton. I'm like, uh, okay, cool. Uh, Okay. I, I've, I can't even tell you the number of people I've been compared to, but right. I finally like, I, I think of it this way. If you're comparing me to someone that you enjoy or love, then great. Yeah, Thank exactly. you. you know? I wouldn't call that a pop song yeah. either. Would you call that a pop I song? I wouldn't call it a pop song. I was kind of hoping you were going to do like Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's acoustic pop for sure. Is that what you call pop? Uh, I guess like got a hook is that I mean what is the definition of pop right does it like is it that it has like 40, a but yeah, right but yeah. like by definition like it's like accessible it's got a hook like yeah, yeah exactly, you, exactly right yeah yeah it's just like a major key tonality great um, same four writing chords the whole song okay um, okay you're writing this down yeah, yeah. all yeah, right yeah. <laughs> you really are it, the, the, okay. the, in, the intention <laughs> the intention of the song is not to be like musically challenging for the okay. listener or the player. But it's just supposed to be like, oh, yeah, Easy cool. listening. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But yeah. also upbeat, happy. Mm. You know, I feel okay. like a defining like moment of pop is that I probably could have like jumped in there with you from having listened to the sure. first part and be like, I know where this is going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, mm. uh, like it's oh, relatively we're going to do the thing again about letting the sun set. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, it's, it's just supposed okay. to be, you know, swish, three point. Yeah. You know, if I play it at a campfire, everyone's going to like it. Is yeah. that different Guaranteed. from what you normally play? Or? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a pretty like really intense. complex forty-five chords. <laughs> no, I don't minor say that. key tonality. Yep. I'm, yeah. Is hey. that real? Yep. Okay, I just it made it up based what? on the other thing you said. To- nailed it. I don't know it. anything about music. Nailed it. Great. Hashtag nailed it. Great. So, what sort of stuff are you normally doing? Like angst-ridden, angst self-defeating, <laughs> melancholy. You know, that was that. I do have an angst-ridden, self-defeating, melancholy album. Uh, Whole album of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Thanks. you've left that behind, though. Yes. So we're not going. We're not going back there. Uh, I mean, I would do it for fun. No, no, what's the fun. name of that album? Say it. That's a good question. Uh, Pulp Deception. Mm. Yeah. Pulp I was be like, Deception. I failed. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> I do have a song in there about how nothing ever works out for me, but that was like before Paris, so it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so forget that ever happened. So both you guys, Jacques and Margie, you're both improv actors as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, we yes. improvisers. Side hustle impro- yeah. improviser, yeah. You know, the very Do lucrative you know side hustle yeah. is improvisational <laughs> yeah, comedy. Did you know each other before you sat down here? No, I think we know we a lot of the same people. Yeah, yeah. we like threw out some names like uh, yeah, like Jacques was like, oh, do you know this person? I was like, I live with that person. Yeah, and Jacques was like, do you well, know I heard you talking like, about about, my about my Cyrus, former teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah my so roommate Cyrus. Yeah. So you and Cyrus are in some thing together what's it yeah, called yeah we're in a um, we're in a thing called Dean's List Dean's so List. it's uh, Cyrus and I and our friend Caitlin and, uh, and we she do. was the person who ran for she did Senate. Caitlin ran she for Senate she was on the show yeah uh, <laughs> Caitlin ran for Senate and we had a, we actually had an election party 
for Caitlyn the night of the presidential election, right. which was just a bad party. In she the ran end. for pre- pre- oh, she ran no. for president. Is that what she? She ran for <laughs> senate. Senator. Uh, our friend Jessica actually purchased a sheet cake that said "Patriarchy Smashed" um, for I us to celebrate. And like at midnight, we just ate it with our hands and like oh, cried. That's awesome. I think we endorsed her on the show. I hope you did. I she had a great sure platform. Did. She had a she I had a progressive remember, platform. I can't remember anything about it. But who was she running against? Someone who was oh a lot of people. She was running against like a white supremacist. Yeah. you know, it like, was like twenty people were running for yeah. Senate there were a lot of people. It was an open seat. It was an open seat, and I think that when uh, she came up with the idea of running, it was like a pretty small, like a pretty small pool. And then because so many other people had like a similar idea, where they were like, "Oh, it's a pretty small pool. There's a good chance." Right, then yeah. it became like really right. a lot of people. Um, but you know, it was it was fun. I think we we oscillated. Not we. I didn't like really do anything. Were you on the campaign? It, were you we speeches? as her friend who sits on her back porch with her. Sometimes I was like, "Is this a joke or not?" And she'd be like, "It is." It's not. It's in. The, it is. It's not. And I never really knew. But, right. um, but like, more well, people comi- need to run for office. Well, it seemed like because she's a comedian, and she's running for Senate, and she's obviously not going to win against whoever the hell she was running against. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, that you know, like I think that getting like a, a progressive platform out there is like a really uh, honorable. Like, like I think when well, you get she, a progressive you know platform what? out there, more people are like, oh, right. maybe I'm progressive. Well, now right? she might actually win this year. Right. Yeah. If she runs well, again. I'll talk is to her tonight again? about run again. Because progressive is where it's going. Now. Yeah. Hopefully. Talking well, of which, so you're some sort of an activist in the flower business. So like I, I organize farmers. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, farmers are, uh, we're a class of people in this country that, that actually gets the short end of the stick pretty frequently. Agriculture is not... Um, That's an agricultural reference, well. Yeah, short end of the stick, stick. exactly. Mm. Um, I don't know what that reference that is actually an allegory for, and now I'm worried it's something problematic. C-Rock, but <laughs> C-Rock will look it up. It's like yeah. Mo Butter. It's like more butter. Mo Butter gets the uh, short end of the stick. That could yeah, be the right? name of your album. It's like maybe something bad. But... Um, yeah, so so farmers as a, you know, especially in cities, like really it's a it's a difficult profession to begin with. It's like a really intense physical profession and uh, as the world moves towards like an industrialized food system, um, and I include flowers in our food system because it's like agricultural products in general, right? And um, well, as except we except for the fact we're not eating them, we're not yeah. eating them, okay. no. But, but they are raw. Agri- there are edible flowers, and, and, and also they're delicious. They're raw, a raw agricultural good, you know. So as we move towards like a more industrialized agricultural system, um, small farmers and people who participate in like community you know, food and agricultural systems really get pushed out and um, and there's not a lot of well, like I got advocacy a lot, Do you guys have a lot of questions about well, I got a million questions about this. Go! Well, I didn't even know this. there were, I mean, I've been to, you know, obviously City Park and stuff yeah. and you see the beautiful flowers, but yeah. I didn't know there were flower farms in New Orleans. Amazing. Yeah, we, um, so the, the New Orleans Flower Collective is the name of the organization that I co-founded with four other farms. Um, and so we're all really small scales in the city, um, organic for more or less no one's certified uh which is actually pretty common for farmers to not be certified but follow organic standards and uh yeah we have we have four member farms but actually like since we got together years ago which was an awesome moment where we all decided we wanted to like actually be friends we've grown and now there are like so many more flower farms so we are four and we're the organizing body of that 
um, of the New Orleans Flower Collective, but since then there have been about four more farms that have many, popped up. How many flower farms are there in New Orleans? We Doesn't have they're... like eight now, which wow. is amazing. And that's, eight I mean, when I say- people making a living. You're making a living out of growing people flowers. Making, uh, so what I do is I organize farmers as well. So I do a whole policy and teaching component because that's what I'm passionate about. But- um, On top of being a farmer. On top of being a, a farmer. Farm. So I teach agriculture and I work to organize farmers and I work on our food system. Um, so you're out, but on a daily basis, you're out there growing flowers. Yeah, so weeding I'm, and you know days are weird. Like most like, people do, like on a weekend, exactly. if they really have to on a Saturday yeah. afternoon. Well, I'm going there. Like this is how I guess it's a weird. Being an urban farmer is weird. Like I'm going after this. So right. you know, you you schedule your day kind of crazy, but. This morning I did meetings and emailing and you know like getting like getting people together and planning lesson plans for teaching agriculture next year and then after five I'm gonna go out and, really? and put on the after the show after the show after yeah. the show you're gonna have another couple of these drinks. I'm gonna probably bring a beer with me. Take a beer with you. I, I I'm gonna probably bring a beer with me. I want to. No, I just wanted to say I want to thank you also for bringing lovely flowers to the Thanks. city of New Orleans because. I love flowers awesome. and I appreciate them. And I want to play a flower party, you know? Like, if you want to throw a party? We do those. And oh, we're always looking for musicians. My band is so in oh right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're yes. always looking for musicians yes. for a flower party. So we do this amazing, like, I, I'm not just pushing it. Like, it's really no, the it. most push amazing it. thing. We do That's Mother's fun. Day, and it's really yeah. like our, it's like our, our like flagship <gasps> event for the Flower Collective. Oh what we God. do is this market. Um, and it's modeled to like try to actually create an open air like local flower market for all New Orleans farmers. When we started it, I looked at a picture this year. The first year that we did it, we had like eight buckets of flowers. And you know, we opened the doors at 10 and we had our friends make pop up brunch and we had like friends play music. Lots of lovely people. Like Helen Gillet has played music at our flower parties and stuff. Like we have yes. like cool, you know, we'd love you to come. Yes. Um, I'm at the flower party. You're in. But so I'm like in. years ago we had eight buckets and then this year before we opened the like gates to our flower market, you know, now we've done it four years in a row and people have made it sort of their Mother's Day tradition. And we ended up with, I think we were close to like 150 buckets of wow. flowers for an open air market. We had like... Where we, is it? Um, we did it. We moved this year for the first time. We used to be at Press Street Gardens for the past three years. Um, and this year we went to Cluett Gardens um, right there in the Bywater. It's on Cluett. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At right not, right I near Tigerman then. on Cluett. Really? Yes. So we were at, Ty we were at Cluett <laughs> so Gardens. So easy. You're there. Yeah. <laughs> you got to come play our flower bed. Really when is Mother's Day? Haven't we had that already? Yeah, so we just did it. But we the, the expansion that we've seen in four years from this like eight bucket four farm right, that's thing impressive. to like we had people coming. We had flower farmers coming from Lafayette. Wow. And bring so the how, flowers. How does it work being a flower farmer here? <laughs> where, where is your place in New Orleans East? Is it cheap land out there? My land, I'm very, very lucky to um, be, I, I, you know, I'm super thankful that um, the Vietnamese Farmers Cooperative, right. um, mm. Veggie, I actually sublease a little piece of land um, from them. So they have a couple of acres out there immediately across the street from Mary Queen of Vietnam, okay. the church out there, which is the, the landlord of the whole piece of property. So you're by Dong Fong out there? I'm somewhat near Dong Fong. I'm, I'm on, go I'm there on for Dwyer. A, you go get a sandwich there once in a while? I do get a sandwich. And, and it was... That's on my way home, and so at Mardi Gras, like around Mardi Gras, I was so just like, passed oh my so you gosh. It, the line was, I've never seen anything <laughs> really? like that. Well, they won some sort of award. They won a, they won a beer award. Yeah. the whole thing up for everybody. Yeah. 
<laughs> hopefully, so, hopefully not for them. I guess I do think it probably got a little bit intense. So I've got an idea yeah. about New Orleans that all that land out there on the ninth ward, the lower ninth ward, that's mm-hmm. completely empty. Yeah, which could be farms. Yes. Has anyone talked about turning those into farms and orchards? Yes. So Weren't there a lot of farms there before? There were a lot. If of I'm so not mistaken. Actually, interesting thing about the Lower Ninth Ward is that pre-storm it was the highest instance of black homeownership in America. That's what I thought. Because um, we yeah. would like, well, drive over there but all there's the There's no homes at all there. Yeah. There are homes. Well, I mean, there's I think very few. Areas areas lots of empty space. space. Yeah. There is a lot of empty space and blight um, mm-hmm. in the Lower Ninth Ward. Land is, land is one of the biggest issues facing farmers in the country. Like countrywide, right. um, urban and rural. Uh, we have like huge amounts of land loss and it's disproportionately for people of color specifically. Um, but, but like by and large, young farmers can't get land. And so it's interesting that you ask that about the lower ninth ward because there is so much empty land, but, um, a lot of it is tied up with, you know, it's like city ownership. It's been transferred over to city ownership or it's been transferred over to nonprofits. And a lot of those institutions don't want to let go of that land for good. What they want to do is have interim use of that land. And we've seen a lot of struggles in the city where people will try to create programs where farmers are interim use of property. Um, in the city's zoning plan, the CZO, uh, farm, farming is actually defined as interim use, which is interesting because hmm, farming d- requires a lot of like deep investment and in, like long-term infrastructure. Right. Um, so it's just literally not interim use. <laughs> uh, you know, just farm whenever you can, you know, yeah, just, like, just on your like, off time. Like, yeah, just like pay thousands of dollars yeah. to get water hooked up, yeah. you know, like just build like, a what, building. Whenever it's good for you, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's whenever. Like, like farm, but like lightly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, mm. you have a lot of organizations that after the storm, a lot of that land ownership was either, you know, you have successions where people didn't know that they owned land or weren't or weren't capable of taking care of that land. And I think that we really vilify blight in this city and we don't think about the human aspect of blight and the fact that, like, a lot of the time blight's a structural problem. People yeah, that is true. But the low ninth ward, there's nothing left to be blighted. It's all gone. It's I mean, just I empty. There's just empty lots there. There are. A, you're right. There are lots of big swaths of empty lots, and those lots are often owned by organizations like Nora Habitat for Humanity. And what are they intending to do with all that? That's a great question. Thank I you. would love them to answer that. Oh, and I'd be, I didn't realize I think, that. So who owns it? Nora. Yeah, you can go on the assessor's website and see pretty much who the ownership of any of those properties are. And after a certain point in time, they go to auction. Um, after like a certain amount of liens right. are on those properties. But they're going to, as, to auction as lots. That they're going the to auction re- as the, lots. The ordinary yeah. size lots that homes were standing on. Exactly. So that's no good. You need because it's a whole block. Right. It's totally. So that would require, which we've seen in a lot of cities, there's actually this like amazing program in Snowmass, Colorado. I think I'm saying it right. I met the I met a woman who was a benefactor of it, but um, where they're taking large swaths of city land and what they're doing is they're actually giving it to farmers for five-year leases. And after a five-year lease, which is not enough of a lease for right. a farmer, but after a five-year lease, they're, they're checking that soil quality is improved. And if soil quality is improved, it's a land trusted piece of land. It can never be anything but agricultural. Then that farmer gets to stay on that piece of land as long as they continue to increase organic matter in the soil, which throwing it to Jacques is a really great part of water management in our city. Like green spaces, like farms are a huge part of water management. And also like de- like taking away the density in housing is good for individuals. Like it's good for mental health, physical health. So okay. more green spaces are really ideal for our city and we need actual Absolutely. We need like people on the policy side of our city to be supporting green infrastructure like Absolutely. that. 
And currently, I'm very, very hopeful. We've actually had a lot of really cool city council members who are like putting some like weight behind this, but we really need a deep investment from the people at the top to say, okay, we do have all this land in New Orleans. Right. We're going to do the right thing with it. There are so many programs in the but country. But it's going to take Detroit. somebody is going to have to step up here and yes. and articulate this really and make it happen. It. Yep, that's well, what we could work it, on. Well, couldn't it be you? That is actually what we work on. So I, I, work, um, I work in a lot of capacities on like the policy aspect of agriculture and with the um, the FPAC, which is the Food Policy and Advisory Committee for New Orleans. That's a lot of the FPAC. work that FPAC is Write that down, dude. working to do. <laughs> We're in the production working group. You know, it's obviously divided out into working groups and sort of um, advocating for good land use and, and well, this green is stuff. Do you know, do you know about this, Jacques? Have you ever heard of this sort of stuff goes on here? Somewhat. Are you yeah. involved I mean, in this we're, we're more focused on kind of coastal, large-scale coastal restoration. So Bigger building picture. like hundreds, thousands of right. acres, you know, in advancing those projects, but certainly on the water management side, I mean, um, Jeff Abair, who used to be with the uh, chief resilience officer with the city of New Orleans and is now with the Water Institute of the Gulf. No, no relation. He likes to, no relation, but oh, an amazing <laughs> guy. Uh, he likes to say we need to take a curb to coast approach, yep. right? So you have to think about what's happening at your curb and the water that's happening, you know, the water that you're dealing with at your curb, but also out, out to, you know, our coastal wetlands. And any kind of coastal wetlands we can provide um, as a, a buffer outside the levees will certainly help reduce any pressure that we have, you know, on those levees or if water gets into the city. So um, the other thing is, I mean, you know, with with flowers, with native plants, with gardens, it's wonderful for wildlife. Yes, right? I was about to say the other way that our <laughs> yes, work like yeah. crosses over is that like flower farms and agricultural agriculture in general increases biodiversity mm -hmm. and and pollinator habitats and right now I think a lot of people a lot of people are aware of mm -hmm. the fact that we have pollinator problems like we have issues with with colony collapse and that bees this is bees yeah bees are incredibly important obviously to our mm -hmm. food system this is a worldwide problem yes sort. it is and and increasing biodiversity like of pollinator plants mm -hmm. is one of the ways that we can combat that and so having more diversity of flowering plants in a city is incredibly important Native plants, like and and actually increasing like the genetics of our native plants is is huge. And I farm on a swamp, mm -hmm. literally on a. We have a we back up to a swamp. And, I will um, come out with a you kayak. You come out, I would love yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> and um, veggie, which is the Vietnamese farmers cooperative, which is right next door to us. They're essentially like we sublease from them. They have done a coastal restoration project recently that's really cool um, on our on our property, and also like they're they're an amazing vegetable farm that everyone should check out. They make tofu. Um, tofu doesn't grow though, does it? Soybeans do. It's tofu. <laughs> what are you yeah, writing, um, Josh? You writing a song? Over yeah. Here? Okay. You cool. writing a song? I am. Yeah. Cool. Inspired by the conversation. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I'm not done. You want to try it out? You're not done yet. I'm not done yet. We've only got ten minutes, so. Oh what? Well, I only need two. Ha have you got five minutes? Can we? Do you want to try it, or you want another five minutes? I don't need. To write? I, don't, I need five. I need to tune though. That's the thing. That's the thing. You want to tune it up? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Y'all can keep talking. Okay. okay we'll keep, keep talking. talking. Keep while talking. While while so similar okay. to, I mean, you know, you, the the plants and the native plants and um, you know, mm -hmm. gardens will bring birds. I mean, it's a similar thing with coastal restoration, right? I mean, the brown pelican is our state bird, and it, it had severe declines in the '60s and '70s because of DDT. That's kind of been addressed and the populations rebounded but also these brown pelicans depend on these bay islands that are nearly right. existing or excuse me disappearing right so and they've got nowhere to land or right. breed and so you'll see i mean there have been restoration uh, projects like elmer's island which is on caminata headlands down south uh, in lafouche near jefferson 
They rebuilt the island. It was a $216 million project that was funded by settlement from the oil spill. But immediately after that project, they had more lease turn colonies than ever before. And obviously that, that project also protects communities. It protects you know infrastructure from storm surge. And so there are these multi-layered benefits to, uh, you know, to restoration that's not just about like you know wildlife or putting land on the on the map it's about kind of the protection for humans it's about biodiversity and all of those things and we're kind of experiencing a little bit of a you know our biodiversity is shrinking because we're losing kind of freshwater areas freshwater marshes that's alligators that's waterfowl that's all the things that was my point in the beginning of this Mm -hmm. conversation is what if we just give up What if we don't do anything I mean, and we just learn to live with it? Towards that. Well, I think Are we the, really going to all be wiped out or was yeah. it just going to stop at no. some point no, like St. Charles all Avenue? I think we need to, we'll out. take you on a flyover and you can see areas that can are I building come? land. You can come. Thank you. We can go out to the Wax Lake Delta. It's an area that, uh, the only part of the state that's actually gaining land or one of the few areas. Um, and so the, the thought is like, hey, that's happening there. We just need to re- recreate it in more places and do it fast. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I okay. think what like one of the things that occurs to me about like giving like giving up on it right of course i'm advocating that we don't give up on it and i think the thing is as we lose that land we lose so much more than just literally that land mm-hmm. we lose the biodiversity out there and right. as our genetic pools get smaller like both in flora and fauna us included in fauna like bad things happen <laughs> are we fauna we're fauna Me- are we charismatic megaflora we're charismatic megaflora oh, I have to write that yeah. down charismatic megafauna we're fauna that can lie where did that come from <laughs> I gotta somehow That's my scientists my scientists have taught me well yeah. So, yeah where did that come from that term charismatic megafauna is I that have a no scientific idea what the, term I, I have no idea what the origin of it is but it's megafauna well, I think it megafauna. means megafauna we're large, we're large, large fauna. An, an, yeah. and you're left handed as well charismatic because yeah. God look at us F-A-U-N-A great sometimes you've got to choose between fauna and music school <laughs> okay so how's your song coming on What's charismatic co- megafauna I like that is that too. the name of the song that should just be the name of the band <laughs> That's a pretty good band name. I think that there is. is a band named Megafauna. Is there? I believe. Yeah, but is it C-Rock a charismatic? We'll tell you in one second about that. There's one called Megaphone. I think there's, yeah. a, I like, I think we have charismatic. a, we have a research Charismatic sounds yeah. religious. I think there's a mega, a band called Megafauna that's like a punk band out of Austin. Yeah, they're from Austin. Yeah. All right. Boom. Good job. Nice. Good job. Okay, we got so it. Then it's, well, then it'll be charismatic mega funky. How about that? Oh. Yeah? That's a sort of a New Orleans twist on it. Yeah, well. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's have a listen to what you've got so far. So far? Oh, man, I don't know if I'm ready, but because it's just like a jumble of words, but I guess you see... uh, Let's see. This is the... Oh, this one string is killing me today. I don't know what you're doing. Killing me. All right. You're killing me, Smalls. (laughs) All right. Oh, man, I'm, this is nerve-wracking. I don't know it's why. It's a lot of pressure. Oh, well, I know why, because it's a song I've never even played before. <laughs> right. <laughs> You've only been mulling it around in your mind for the last 10 minutes. Here we, here we go. Okay. Not even 10 minutes. Not even. All right. All right, I got to pick the tempo and everything. How do I want to do this? Feels right. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes, though. Mm-hmm. 
Jacques gonna take you on a flyover Show you how to restore the coast Jacques gonna take you on a flyover And show you how to restore the coast Convince the cynical Garrett Of the Happy Hour podcast show <laughs> More butter Can we get more flowers To save the bees ha. More butter Can we get more flower farms Or oh, to save the bees ha. Yes please I can tell you Will With the way you're smiling at me Yeah See you on Mother's Day You know what I'm talking about? Okay, <laughs> charismatic megafauna. I don't even really know what that means. <laughs> Someone pull it up on Wikipedia. But <laughs> charismatic megafauna. I don't really know what that means. But Jacques is over here pulling it up on Wikipedia. Just like to have a good time with my friends on this here podcast media. <laughs> okay. I didn't have a third verse, you know. <laughs> well, you got most of it in. I gotta say, that's the first. That was super impressive. That's the first show we've ever had an actual song written about the show. Yeah. On the show. That's <laughs> pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty good job, I'd say. Now there's a song about both okay. of you. Yeah. And you, you're Josh in it. Josh we're all in it. This Hello. moment is forever. We have our own theme song yeah. for our own show. We can only ever listen to it again if we're all together. And just yeah. so you know, charismatic <laughs> yes. megafauna are large animal species with widespread popular appeal, uh, such as elephants, giraffes, lions, tigers, pandas, polar bears, etc. Oh, hence so that. Not know. big snakes. I don't think big well, snakes. Well, that's what the definition of charismatic is, I guess, because right. they have popular Wait. appeal. Those are reviled fit that in. Okay. <laughs> there, it's, it's used yeah. by environmental organizations to highlight the needs of the environment through the species. So that's where the charismatic comes from. So the alligator, I think, would be our charismatic, mm. one of them in Louisiana. I feel like, I, so I actually have like a, a visual representation of like the most loved animals and the most hated animals as like a piece of wall artwork. And I think alligators are on hated. Why? They're so, they're, so awesome. They're reviled. They're dangerous. Or reviled no, they're, megafauna. They're very docile. Oh, well, they're I mean, lovely. Yeah. I love them. I'm just saying, I think. They're docile. Alligators are docile. I mean, if, you don't, you, if you don't bug them, they're fine. Well, you know. so is everything. Cool. Well, right. Even yeah. Hitler, Hitler was probably okay on a good day. Well. Uh, all I know, I mean... Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a, a step I might be, okay, that's uh, a, a bit of a stretch. A bit of a stretch. I but yet, most animals don't do anything to you with, if you don't mess with them. That's true. That's uh, true. <laughs> yeah, I'd say but, that's probably true. But alligators aren't that cuddly. 
or charismatic. I mean, you shouldn't cuddle them, but they shouldn't be cats. similar to snakes. I think people have a, a thing with a fear with. I, I never like cats. Will mess up, with you. You know, if I had to really, cats. if I had to really say, probably like the scariest thing about those kinds of animals, it's that like snakes, spiders, alligators. Oftentimes, you don't see them when they're most dangerous to you. Like, like if you see an alligator, you're like, oh, that's, that's crazy, but you're not worried about it. But like if you're swimming in a murky water, you're like, oh, man, this is pretty scary. Like, that's why. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm just pointing at Allison. Oh. Just for Hi, fun. Allison. Allison, come over here. <laughs> we have to say, we've got to get out of here in one minute. Allison, grab this microphone here. Okay. okay. Give Allison this mic. This is, Al- this is Allison Moon, our photographer, everybody. Hello. Hey, this Allison. is Allison's last day Aww. on the job. She's going to grad school at Oxford, wow. Wow, England. Congratulations. She's a little overqualified for this job here. <laughs> I wouldn't say so. That's so, awesome. <laughs> so this is goodbye for how long? Forever. I will be in school. It's only a year program. I need to be there for at least nine months. When I'm writing my thesis, I can come back, but... We have to see so how that goes. So these are all real hardcore New Orleanian, Louisiana people here. What's your thesis going to be about? I have no idea yet. My major is going to be a master's of science in international management, international relations. So something to do with sustainable technologies and hopefully saving the environment. Get it. Yes. Very awesome. Yeah. Yes. So I wanted to invite y'all out after drinks for this because I was like, I want to talk to y'all about oh, what y'all yeah. are doing oh, cool. more well, in depth. Come back because we need more people that are passionate yeah. about that, working on these issues. Yeah, yeah. London back has here like in nine months. Yeah, there's <laughs> plenty of green land over there. You got to come back over here, man. It's pretty <laughs> exciting that we were very proud of you, and I was sad to lose you. Yeah, it's been fun working with y'all for I think it was but four years. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a pleasure to get to meet everybody from New Orleans on this show. I've made so many friends. If y'all ever have been thinking about being on this show, you really should come out and do it because you meet great people. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun. It's been going to be sad to lose you after all this time. Well, can you send us some photos back? Yes, I will. And uh, do you have anything to get rid of still? Uh, my car, if you're looking just the car. for <laughs> I have what my is car. It? <laughs> it is a 2004 Toyota Camry running so, car. so you're well. For a car, and I Margie? actually hate parting with it because I love it so much, but <laughs> I can't bring that overseas with me. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm gonna endorse Allison's car real quick. That's a great car. It's y'all. a great <laughs> car. It's got a sunroof and leather seats. It's on <laughs> Craigslist right now, y'all, so go find it. <laughs> Okay, how much is it going for? I'm trying to get 5000 for it because it's in, like, tip-top shape. Okay. And that will take you a long way over there. Oh, yeah. In grad school, I think 5000 Hopefully. It's England, though. It's really expensive it's like out there. Curry costs it's curry It's very... <laughs> living costs... Y'all think curry. living costs in New Orleans is bad. In Oxford, England, which is... Living costs in Oxford, England is more expensive than in London right now. Is it right? Really? Is yes. Dang. It's like drastically ridiculous out there. Hey, so. can you hook Allison up with anybody in Paris, Josh? Oh, uh, yeah. I have a friend in Paris, too. You so. went to Paris. You were there in mm-hmm. Paris during the whole... Yeah, during the terrorist attacks, I was. So, like, you were talking about, you like didn't feel like you were going to get shot at when you were in (laughs) Paris. I was there during the uh, terrorist attacks. That's and which is like unfortunate and really scary. Yeah. Though I will say statistically, it's still safer. Uh, Yeah. Like still, which is yeah. 
It was. I'm, really I'm, I'm going to try to go back when there's no terrorist attacks going on. Well, I think you're like in the statistical like a majority. Like you're, you're most people off. want that for <laughs> themselves. Yeah, yeah. Now that's like it's not, pretty much any time is a good time. Yeah. Except for that really unfortunate one time for that's. Well, yeah, take care of yourself tragic. this time, Allison. Don't. Yeah. Don't get involved I'll keep in listening to the show. You can listen to it over there. Yeah. What time of the day is it over there? I wonder. Uh, I think it's we're like there about. I think it's only about six hours ahead. Maybe oh, so six or five perfect. hours ahead. So on the nine o'clock on a Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. When I'm brushing my teeth to go to bed. Yeah. I'll be listening you to can Happy smoke Hour. Smoke your last joint and check out Happy Hour and then go to sleep. <laughs> perfect. Sounds perfect. Do they smoke a lot of weed? Over, mostly hash over there. I, I haven't. I don't know. I've, I've, I haven't that'd been be the f- there yet. That'd be the first thing I'd look into before I move. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure this, the up. students that I'll meet there will keep me informed on those yeah, issues. We well, can re- report back about that. I will. Okay. Allison, good luck. Thank you. And we'll miss Congratulations. you. Good luck. Yeah. Yay. And we'll talk to you from the other side of the world. Okay, you guys, you know, that's pretty much it for today. I just have to tell you one thing before we get out of here, and that is for the last 80 years, do you know about this? No. Door well, Furniture yet. has been serving oh. retail customers <laughs> <laughs> throughout the greater New Orleans area from its home base on Elysian Fields in the Marigny, as well as the finest quality furniture from brands like Stickley, Century, and Flex Steel. Door's designers can customize pieces for your home. They'll come to your house. And do you have, like, a cool-looking place at your house, Jacques? Do you need... Do I, well, furniture assistance? It's pretty full. We have a, a small single shotgun house, historic, okay. you know, but uh, but no, I love Door. My, my grandparents used to go there, so okay. it's a good place. There you go. Yeah. They'll come to you. This guy will actually come to your house. That's And they'll, and they'll do it for you. For you. free. For free. They come out there and it's tell amazing you what. It's amazing, sir. It's pretty cool. you got to support your New Orleans institutions, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, they'll come I think they have couch insurance. I'm just throwing couch it out there. Insurance. I'm pretty sure Whoa. they have couch insurance. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's great. That's actually pretty good. Like, with my life? Yeah. There yeah. you go. Well, if you're on the North Shore as well, Door Furniture recently opened a second location in Covington. And Door Furniture is as New Orleans as it gets. Also, thanks to strategic resumes, if you want to sharpen up your resume or your LinkedIn profile or your other job search skills, give them a call at Strategic Resumes or find them online. If you want to get away, start your holiday search by going to Travel Central and Metairie, which is kind of like going to Expedia or Kayak, except somebody else will do it for you and it's totally free. What? It's Travel Central and Metairie. Do you not realize that? That's what a travel agent is. No, I thought you paid travel agents. No, it's just not free. A, it's it's not nothing for our generation, but it sounds like it should be. Travel Central and Metairie will do it for you for free. Also, Andrew Duhon's not here today, but you can find that his new record called False River on Spotify and anywhere else you steal music. It's available if you'd like to actually buy it. Of course, you could do that as well. You can find Andrew by going to andrewduhon.com. And that's been Happy Hour for another week. My guests have been Jacques Hebert, Margie Green, and Josh Benitez, it sounds like a law firm, doesn't it? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. We'll get back a year from now, right here, and have a reunion. Oh, Into it. And listen to our song. Yeah. I'll write the third song. verse. Right. Okay, you have a third verse done by then. Thanks again. Our show is produced today by Graham DuPonte. Alison Moon as our associate producer. Christian Unreal as our music director. And Monique Pyle as our associate music director. Thomas Walsh as our technical director. And today's show is engineered by Garrett Pittman. Asher Griffith as our Facebook Live feed director. We put this whole thing on Facebook Live. Our fact checker and social media connector is Andrew Searock. And our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about 60 minutes while drinking alcohol, drop us a line. Our address is on our website, it's neworleans.com. You can find many other hours of happy hour that we recorded previously, as well as some other shows you make around here. Out to lunch with Peter Rusciutti, live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker, and our award-winning show about death, called Death the Podcast. 
You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la and you can keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. On all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our It's New Orleans Facebook page. These photos were taken, as you know, by Alison Moon. For the very last time, you can find more of Alison's photos at alisonemoon.com. If you listen to this on your favorite podcast app, Thanks for subscribing to us. Take a moment if you've got one to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street at Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hours, a production of I Know Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon, everyone else around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office at I Know Broadcasting, I'm Grant Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hours.